Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, November 13th, 2023, and this is episode 566 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Random Topic Monday, and today I'll be chatting about a few things that have been on my mind lately and some odds and ends topics that I've had just sitting around waiting to get on a show uh but first let's grab a coffee jump into the live stream see what's going on in the chat and then we'll get into all these random topics in just a little bit good morning hunter how we doing over on twitch hope everything's going well today and i had a message sitting here from uh, about quarter to six so about 15 minutes before the show started and i'll pop it up there gingerbread farms um said that he joined the C4 club. So if you don't know what C4 is, it's um, it's Brian Norton's Coffee Club with Food Forest Farms. Uh, basically, to get a spot, you spend a minimum of $40, $40, a, $40 a month. And that comes with coffee, or it can be spent on um, his Airbnb. He's got an Airbnb right there in Federal Way, Washington, right outside Seattle. He's also got a a, uh, a hip camp campground in um, Long Long Branch, Washington. So right outside Tacoma, uh, Seattle Tacoma area. So you can use it to rent um, the hip camp spot, the Airbnb spot. They've got all sorts of cool stuff on their website that you can use it towards. Basically, you spend a minimum of $40 a month and you have a um, you have a C4 membership. When he gets the C4 membership completely full, which is 100 members, and he's over halfway there. So if you're interested, it might not be a bad idea to uh, move sooner rather than later. But uh, he's going to shut it down. And that's who he's going to make coffee for. Uh, with the C4 membership, you get an option to do white labeling or have your own coffee brand, all sorts of stuff. And man, business consulting. Brian is a um, he's a mad genius. Let's uh, let's say he is. Um, if you've ever interacted with him, you've ever met him, you know him. He is. Um, He's a different character, let's just say that, but uh, the value he brings um, the value he brings on the business side is is man, it's it's fantastic. So it's uh, it's more than you'd ever ask for. James says James's comment was, uh, I joined the C4 club and all I can say is that he needs to market his membership better. Yes, yes, he definitely does. I just wanted to buy coffee, but I got so much more and then he was wondering if the blockstream Jade, can store the upcoming C4 NFT? Um, answer to that one is no. Uh, answer to what is a C4 NFT? Uh, basically, when he sells out the hundred spots and closes it down, each um, each member will get a personalized NFT, and I think they're going to actually end up being paper, um, which is cool. He's doing artwork for each one uh, in relation to the original owner of that, the first person that bought that number. And uh, we're going to distribute them out. And then those will come. Those will. Um, <laughs> yeah, those will come. 
after he sells out his hundred. Gingerbread Farm says, I think he'll help. Uh, he will help with a website and let you use his. Yes, he um, he will list anything you want pretty much on his website in his members portal. He'll put that up. He'll help you put up a website to do whatever you want. He, uh, yeah, he, he just does all sorts of stuff. He's, he's out there to put out value and, um, and spend his time with the people that are willing to join his membership. So it's a great deal. It's, uh, the C4 club. You can find it at foodforestfarms.com. He is, uh, food forest farms is a sponsor of the show. Uh, definitely, um, on coffee days, but, uh, I drink his coffee every day. We, uh, we, um, worked out a deal because uh man he was appreciative of the the advertising he got and i was appreciative of the coffee he was a little more appreciative so he became a sponsor of the show and it's fantastic so i highly recommend joining c4 like james says you get so much more than um than what you put in than what you put in for sure for sure so um Gingerbread says, oh, yeah, Lots 5. Lots 5 is always a standing code, 5% off anything on his discount any, or on his, on his site. Anywhere on his site is uh, 5% off always. And then for audio listeners that hear this or I spread it around, you get a, there's a one-time use. So when you put your zip code in, I think it, it cancels you out or um, I don't know how it tracks you, but... Somehow it tracks you and you get a one-time use lots 10 L-O-T-S-1-0. Lots 10 will get you 10% off one time. So if you're listening to this and uh, you want to try some coffee, it's a good deal. He's got holiday uh, holiday holiday specials coming up. And I don't know if I mentioned it on Friday, but basically he told me that um, the lots codes will get you um it will get you an extra bonus on the holidays so if you order holiday gifts if you order holiday um if you order stuff for thanksgiving or christmas or send off gifts and you use my discount code you'll get a little bonus extra um for the holidays that that he came up with and he gave me a little credit for for some of the ideas so he he wanted to give my uh, listeners that use my code a little extra so james says saved him four bucks perfect perfect so what am i drinking today uh fto blonde espresso fto blonde espresso this morning broke into that this weekend and it's phenomenal as always as always everything that comes from brian as far as coffee is is great you don't you don't even have to worry about um you don't have to worry about if it's going to take, taste good or not. So highly, highly suggest joining C4 or at least checking it out or at least getting, uh, uh, ordering some of the coffee and tasting it, obviously, before you uh, commit to $40 a month, you should, uh, you should try it. But I was sold when I tried, when I tasted it. So there you go. There you go. That's C4. Thanks, James, for uh, bringing up that this morning. Oh, and he does. He has a little, uh, I forgot. He said I could spill the beans on his, uh, his little um, extra bonus for his C4 members right now, uh, $40, $40 a month. And some of that can be exchanged for junk silver. Some of that can, um, can be exchanged for junk silver uh, until he's out. He's got, um... <laughs> 
he's got uh, he's got some junk silver, and uh, C four members can have access to that if they would like to exchange some of their forty dollars for the month with uh, with some junk silver and uh, do value for value. There, he is open to that. So that is only for C four members. That is not for the general public. So got to join the club to get the perks. And um, yeah. Gingerbread said he also hooked me up with stuff in the two six-pound and one-ounce packages. Yeah, uh, Brian is very, very good for uh, giving you more than you order right now. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, let me uh, let me see who else is hanging out. Good morning, MSU Rifle. Good morning, Backwoods Butcher. How we doing, Jim? rolling in thanks for stopping in value for value yes uh backwoods says he just finished whipping up some black bear biscuits and gravy Ooh, that sounds good that sounds good um looks like 12 50 cent pieces for 40 bucks is the standard going rate for the junk silver so cool cool um today i just kind of wanted to wrap up a bunch of uh odds and ends wanted to recap the weekend that we just had Corey and i knocked it out of the park this weekend i i can't thank my uh my beautiful wife enough for for all the work she did this weekend we we knocked out a project that i was figuring was going to take me a week if I was doing it by myself in i don't want to say my spare time but the the time i have to dedicate to that I was figuring probably a week by the time I dicked around and did it by myself. It was really a two-person job. So Corey had Friday off. Like uh, I had mentioned on Friday, she had vacation day. So she was able to get... Um, we didn't do a whole lot on Friday, did we? Just hung out. Did we do something? I don't remember. I don't remember what we did on Friday. Uh, but she was off. We, uh, we spent some time together. And then Saturday, we really knocked it into gear on doing the skirting project for the RV. And it, um, man, it went smooth. It, it went really smooth uh, with her help and and just kind of slowing down and figuring it out. And it just worked out. It worked out great. Um, the people that did the blog post, they did a very good job on um, kind of conveying what needed to be done. Corey and I looked at it and made it work for us and uh, knocked it out. We took two days. I think we worked, I don't know, three or four, four or five hours on Saturday and then came back on Sunday and finished up in a few. I think we decided we had eight to eight to nine hours in on the project. So um Backwoods <laughs> Butcher says you need to recreate Eddie from Christmas Vacation. We don't have a shitter, dude. Like we don't have a shitter hose to dump shitter. We we have a composting toilet. So just can't happen, man. Can't happen. I do. I do urinate outside. I mean, there is that, and I don't have a bathroom. So, yeah. Sorry, man. I don't know if there's going to be an Eddie, a cousin Eddie thing. But we did. Um, we did end up at the end of the the skirting project. So I'll talk a little bit about that more in a bit. But we used these adhesive um, adhesive hooks. I want to say command hooks, but they were generic China, um, generic brand. They had like a two and a half inch by two and a half inch adhesive pad and then like a swivel hook on the bottom or in the middle, excuse me. And uh, they, they seem to be working well. They seem to be sticking well when you put them on, at least in the 
in the um, in the warm, they stuck like instantly as you put them to the vinyl of the camper, it just stuck. So we pushed them on pretty good. They felt pretty secure. I'm curious to see how they work long term in the cold, um, in the sun, if they get brittle. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, we had a bunch left, like a couple dozen left. And Corey looked at me and she says, well, as long as we got the ladder unhooked, because we had to unhook the shower and everything to get the skirting underneath uh, where the ladder was that held up the water heater, we uh, we might as well put up the, the Christmas lights. And if they go up, they're on, guys. So for all of you that think uh, Thanksgiving is the, the, the day to turn on your Christmas lights, Corey said, uh, thank Canadian Thanksgiving. And uh, last night I was on Tim's show and he said that the tradition in Canada is the day after Remembrance Day, which is the same as the vet as Veterans Day in the U.S. So it would have been 11-12, which was yesterday. So Corey said she is in the she is in the clear, in the clear for um, <laughs> in the clear for turning on her Christmas lights. So. Yeah, got the Christmas lights up. That was that was fun. Um, it looks good. It looks good. It looks good. So that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> um, Gingerbread Farm says I've seen insulated skirting that goes on with snaps around the bottom of the rig. Yeah, there were all sorts of different options uh, that we could have done. Uh, people had used the somebody tried to use uh, industrial suction cups. Somebody tried to use uh, Velcro. It was just these command hooks seemed to be, or these command style hooks, adhesive hooks, seemed to be really the way to go with um, with the skirting that we were buying. So we bought a um, big blank um, vinyl, like billboard billboard material, the 11 mil um, billboard vinyl. It was not used. It didn't have big advertisement over it. It was either black or white on either side. Well, it was both black on one side, white on the other side. Um, <laughs> and um, and so we decided to put the black side out for sun absorption and everything. This isn't really insulated. Uh, from all my research, and since we're down here, we're not super cold we're not going to be super cold for super extended lengths um uh, it's less about the insulation on the bottom and more about uh stopping the wind so the wind block is more valuable than the r factor the insulation factor so this is um basically we bought a 20 by 24 tarp and laid it out and cut it into strips that fit from the bottom of the camper to the ground with a little overlap and sliced them up. And then we installed grommets around the top edge and these hooks. And instead of having to put snaps on the snaps on the camper and the snaps, I think would have had a lot more, a um, lot more opportunity to pull off or pull the camper siding away from the camper. Um, we had, um, <laughs> it was, uh, we had, we put a magnet 
latch on one of our front doors or our um, like storage doors in the front garage doors that flip up. It had like a clip that you've opened and it held the door open. Well, I went to shut it and forgot the clip was holding it and broke the clip off. So we had to buy a new one and we went with this uh, magnet style. Basically, it's really nice. You open the thing, you flip it up and the magnet catches. Well, the magnet's a little stronger than the, the adhesive or whatever the, the vinyl siding's held on with because after time, pulling that magnet loose is pulling the, the, the vinyl siding away from the trailer side. And it, um, it was fluttering in the wind. And Corey and I were, or she was looking at it in the side view mirror on our last trip. She's like, what's going on over there? Why is that only that section fluttering and bowing out and this and that? And as I was opening, they're going to shut the the garage door at one point. I, I saw how much it pulled out when I, when I pulled the door. So now we have to secure it and pull it and it's a pain in the ass, but I think it's the, just the function of the magnet being stronger than the, than the siding being stuck on. So we'll see that. We'll see. Um, Jim said, do I plan on offering RV skirting installs to my resume? Nah. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily want to do that again, but I mean, if somebody needs it done, I, I'm, I know how to do it. It was, um, let's just say the quotes I was seeing to have custom skirting or some of these, um, there are some inflatable skirtings. There's all sorts of different companies that do it. We were talking well into the thousands um, to do our RV. It would have been well over a thousand, more like two to 10, depending on what style we went with. And, um, and, um, this cost us $186 and we got a new tool out of it and we got a bunch of extra adhesive hooks and we got a shitload of grommets left over. So any grommet repair or, um, or anything else we need to grommet, which is nice because doing tarps and things like that, uh, it, it's always nice to be able to repair a grommet and yeah so 186 dollars we have it all secured and we'll see we'll see how it lasts we'll see if it works or changes anything we don't know we don't know it was a um it's a it's an on the fly adjustment because we never we never really wanted to or we never i shouldn't say we didn't want to we never really planned on staying somewhere where it was going to be super cold. So I don't know. I don't know. Jim says that sounds like a profit potential. Yeah, it does. If uh, it works, <laughs> that's the thing. We don't know. I don't know. Um, and I don't really have metrics to, to tell if it's working. Obviously if it stays warmer, um, if it stays warmer and um, yeah, we'll see stays warmer inside or outside. I guess we know we know generally how much warmer it is inside than outside. Um, it's also going to be nice if we need to heat underneath. If we need to, if we do need to run a heater underneath, it's already kind of enclosed. It'll at least kind of hold that heat in from blowing away. I don't know. I don't know. 
Gingerbread says the snaps use screws in the in the wood and metal. Yeah, I don't want to put any more screw holes in the side. I would have to use like um I'd have to use um Dicor or some sealant on every single screw hole. And yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um Backwoods says you could try New Hampshire next winter if you want. No, no, I'm good. I'm good for sure. Uh tomorrow's episode is actually um actually going to be winter homestead fails from Minnesota when we were there and I was looking for pictures. And as I was looking at the snow at the, at the old homestead, I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> no more, no more. I'm good with that. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that was the skirting project this weekend. It was kind of, uh, it kind of held up the whole week. Didn't hold up the whole weekend, filled the whole weekend, I guess is a better, better way to say it. Um, and yesterday afternoon, while we were working on the, the skirting project, I got a text message and I videoed it. I videoed it. And so I have to kind of, um, I have to edit it all together, but hopefully we'll be getting a video out on the whole project. So we'll see, we'll see how the, how the video turned out. Um, Jim said, my nephew had a fifth wheel and he did the, some something similar and it helped keep the pipes from freezing. He was in Kentucky. He did put some heat tape in place too. Yeah. Uh, so if it's going to be freezing our water, we don't hook up um, full time. We fill our tank and drain it, fill it, drain it. So we just have a garden hose uh, that runs from our spigot. And then a hose, it wise off and goes over to our uh, on-demand water heater. And when we had the cold snap, where it was going to be below freezing for a significant amount of time, all I did was turn the spigot off that's down below grade. <coughs> and um, it won't freeze, I don't think, in that pocket. Even if it does, we can, uh, we'll throw some insulation or something in the, in the little cavity where I access it. But basically, just turn the spigot off, undid the hose, let them drain out through gravity, uh, unhooked it from the the on demand water heater, let that drain back from gravity, and we didn't have any issues. So, um, our underbelly of the camper was already sealed up, uh, but it is just like kind of um, it was a uh, like the political sign material that thicker uh, pressed cardboard with a layer of air in between. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I I don't know. We we hadn't really planned on this. We planned on being somewhere a little more temperate in the winters. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. If we got to roll out, we, uh, we can always do that. We can always hook up and take off. So, But yesterday, as I was... Um, Yesterday, as I was going to check my phone with the video, I had a text message from Tim, from uh, the tool man, Tim Cook, and it said, hey, dude, um, you want to come on my show tonight? <laughs> yeah, lots of notes. Why not? Why not? And so I guess he had, he had really started trying to book new guests and, and hire higher caliber guests and realized that he just needed to get them done whenever like people people that he was desiring to get on his show or he had the desire to get on his show uh didn't have his availability he had to work around their avail availability uh, 
their availability. So he's been doing all these interviews impromptu different times all over the place, this and that. And he realized that he didn't ever book anybody for his interview show. Uh, I've been on Tim's show a couple times. He said at the beginning of last night's show that I was the, the record breaking sixth time on the workshop, uh, going back to episode 28 or 29 or 23 or in the twenties was the first time I was on. He's up in episode 300. So 300 ish mid 300 so that was a no-brainer i'm always there for tim uh i'm always there for any of our core core group of content creators if they need an out if they need somebody man you just you reach out because they do it back for you tim saved me kyle saved me um scrambling they've all saved me uh when you'd have a guest jump out you didn't have a guest uh lined up for some reason and so i jumped on with tim and I'm glad I did. I'm really glad I did. It was a it was a great show. Uh, we enjoyed talking. We talked about uh, kind of the the revenue model path that we're pursuing or I'm pursuing, um, building on the road, the things, the ideas that we have going forward, and things we got going on right now. It was a good chat. You should listen to that over on the workshop radio. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. We were talking about it and something that related to this show that was really exciting is I was telling him about the Friday the Friday Satoshi giveaways. So, if you didn't join us on Friday, if you haven't um <laughs> the unofficial Armadillo episode we did, yeah, Kyle Kyle and the Kyle and the Armadillo was a good episode for sure. Uh, if you didn't listen to Friday's show, the, the Satoshi giveaway show, we had a pot of 50,000 Satoshis. We needed 20 people to get into entries to give it away. We ended up getting well over that. I think we had 24 or 25 live entries. It was fantastic. Gave it away. Pip, um, Pip our, our history guy, won the 50,000 Satoshis. I went to send them to him before I could send them to him. He said, hey, uh, give half back. Send me half. Put 50% back in. Uh, the, 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 the base level went up to 25000 that I put it in. So right off the bat, we had 50K back in. We just needed, we're going to need 25 people in on Friday to give it away. Uh, after the show, I was uh, chatting with Brian Norton from uh, from Food Forest Farms. We talked about earlier, and he said, "Hey, let me throw twenty five thousand in for the drawing. Let's let's bump it up a little bit. We'll bump it to seventy five thousand. See if we can get those twenty five entrants in." So we're sitting at seventy five thousand. I was excited about that. Um, if we don't give it away on Friday, I'll be putting twenty five in. We'll be up to a hundred. Uh, and it'll go from there. It's 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 getting to be a significant amount of um, of Bitcoin, especially with the price going up a little bit. So I was excited all weekend. I'm like, all right, by next Friday, maybe we'll have a little trickle in here or there. We'll have people throw in on the pot, big deal. And if even if not, it's seventy five thousand going in Friday. I was telling Tim about the whole the whole thing and how it started out from five thousand satoshis every Friday and. We changed it to to having to um, get the, a ner certain number of entries and uh, the whole thing. And he says, "Well, do you care if I throw in a hundred thousand? 
I, do do I care? Um, no, man. Like, be be my guest. Be my guest. So Tim dropped a hundred k, a hundred thousand satoshis onto the pile. So right now, guys, as it stands, if no one else throws in on the pot on Friday, we're gonna give away a hundred and seventy five thousand satoshis. So just um. <laughs> MSU says he'll throw in 25. We're already at 175, my man. We are already at 175. Um, <laughs> holy crap. So I looked 175,000 Satoshis right now. It's like 60 some dollars. I think it's like 60, 63 bucks or something. 67 bucks. I was like, I mean, that's not a bad deal for a Friday morning. Not a bad deal for sure. I think uh, earlier, earlier last week, um, somebody in the, all right, MSU says he's going to throw in 25. We're up to 200,000, 200,000 Satoshis on Friday. We're going to need 25 people to get in. If we don't, it just rolls over till the next week. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Jim said that makes the 15 K I donated sell poultry, um, poultry. I, I mean, I don't understand how, um, I mean, he just dropped that hundred K. I was like, holy crap, dude, really? I mean, that's value for value. That's value for value right there. Tim and I, Tim and I have an open exchange of, uh, of, of value back and forth all the time. And he's, um, he's somebody that's really, that's really helped me along in this journey. I've, I've tried to, we've kind of paralleled each other. I'm uh, a little bit behind him, but man, we bounce ideas off each other and we're right in that same wheelhouse that, uh, that we really, um, we really feed off each other and understand and, and, and are able to help each other. I got to note this down before I forget. Sorry guys. So yes, yes. Sounds like a reverse auction. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to give that uh, that amount away. It's gonna be fun. Uh, up to two hundred thousand. We got four or five days left. I I might be able to scrounge up a little bit more to throw on that pot. It'll be interesting to see what we can get it up to, and then if we end up qualifying, getting enough people to give it away on Friday. And if we don't, um. And it's just going to keep growing from there. So cool, 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 cool. Oh, geez. Jim says he'll do another 25. We're up to 225. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, boy. Here we go. It's going to be an interesting day next Friday. <laughs> I hope you join. Friday, we're doing uh, Friday, my topic. So topics for the week. Let's uh, Let's hit that real quick. I got them listed here. Topics for this week. Today was random topic. I got a couple of things I want to hit that have been, uh, I've been spinning on a little bit that I just want to get on the show because they irritate me or not irritate me. They've been bothering me. I've been thinking about them quite a bit, but um, topics for the show this week, tomorrow, like I mentioned, is going to be winter, winter homestead fails from Minnesota. Uh, all the, sh all the, the just crap that we went through. Uh, things that we tried to overcome that couldn't, things that we just had to deal with and uh, and all of that. Wednesday, we're going to be talking about microgreens, um, my stint with microgreens, both as a consumer and then trying to produce them to sell. 
Uh, Thursday, I want to do an episode on life hacks. I have, um, I have a bunch of, um, a bunch of things that I've kind of like accumulated over the years. I would love audience, um, audience feedback too. I'll probably post a, a post in the telegram group here this morning or this afternoon, um, about it. If you have stupid little life hacks, not big things, not like change your world, like stupid day-to-day stuff that you're like, holy crap, that just makes things completely, um, completely easier. So that's going to be Thursday show. I'm just going to run through life hacks. And then Friday (coughs) for that uh, 225,000 giveaway now, 225,000 Satoshi giveaway, the topic of the day is going to be orange pills for the holiday uh, will be the title. And we're going to talk about different ways to onboard people to Bitcoin over the holidays without being completely just overbearing about it. Different ideas and strategies for different people. Uh, Aunt Edna that uh, can barely get her get her phone open to uh, maybe the little kid running around and sitting at the kitty table and everybody in between. Just some ideas on how to expose them to Bitcoin, how to onboard them, maybe how to uh, get them playing with it right there at your holiday gatherings or, um, yeah, anytime the season. Anytime is a good season to orange pill somebody. So. <laughs> Those are the topics going to come up this week and uh, excited, excited for that, uh, that Friday giveaway. Let me see what, uh, what Kyle's yakking about over here. Completely unrelated, but I'm watching Oliver and company with the kids and Billy Joel has no business being this good in a Disney movie. Holy crap, man. (laughs) Holy crap. All right. All right. Well, there's been something that I've been reading about in a group. And a lot of the people in this group are probably in that group. And I don't know if I'm going to get a bad rap for talking about this or whatever. I, um, it is what it is, whatever. Um, I've been seeing a big, long discussion about um i've been seeing a big long discussion about dogs stray dogs stray dogs um how things went down is country country person had their neighbor's stray dog get into their chickens happens they said that the dog chases the cows the neighbor's cows lucky hasn't gotten a hoof to the face um so i'm reading this and i'm like oh that sucks that's unfortunate so the person is going to um (laughs) jim said he wasn't going to mention the dog thing yeah uh jim knows where this is from (laughs) and so I'm reading this, I'm reading this, and it was this big discussion over, shoot the dog, don't shoot the dog, shoot the dog, don't shoot the dog, shoot the dog, don't tell anybody, call the sheriff and and have him come and call animal control, and like, everybody's going on and on and on about what to do with the dog, and the person 
who posted it kept insisting that it was such a big deal because it was half their food stores. And everybody's like, you need to shoot that dog. It's getting into your food. Getting into your food. You, uh, you got to do that. You got to get rid of it because it's just going to keep doing it. Fucking dogs doing dog things, guys. Dogs doing fucking dog things. You know what humans need to do? Humans need to secure their fucking food. If it's that important. You know, when I was in Minnesota, I had chickens out in the field. I did pasture-raised chickens. I did pasture-raised turkeys. I had over 100 layers. We had mink. We had coyotes. We had wolves. We had raccoons. We had fox. We had dogs. We had, we had, we had. And you want to know how many fucking chickens I lost? To predators? Zero. Because I secured my chickens. I took responsibility because dogs are going to do what dogs do. And my one question, and it just got glazed over, was, do you have coyotes in your area? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen coyotes everywhere from Texas to Minnesota. Uh, I don't think there's a there's many spots in this country with, that don't have coyotes. If the dog can get to your chickens, so can a coyote. If a dog can get to your chickens, a raccoon can certainly get to your chickens. A wolf can get to your chickens. So, I don't think it's the dog's fault. Do I think the dog probably needs to be shot? I hate doing it. I hate seeing it. But the people are right now that they've tasted that. They've tasted chicken. They know where the free food is. You're going to have to do a better job of securing them. But you cause the problem for yourself. You didn't take responsibility for your food production. If it is as important as the person made it out to be as a staple of their food supply, the eggs, because now their other chickens are injured and weren't and freaked out and traumatized and not laying eggs, you failed the chickens. It's not the dog's fault. It's not the chicken's fault. It's your fault. You secure the chickens. You make your food more secure if that's what you're counting on. I thought of it and I I typed it out a bunch of times and I just couldn't type it out without sounding like a complete dick. Um, so I saved that for my own show, I guess. I can be a dick here and you don't have to listen, I guess. Um, but I think of it like you live in this you live in the suburbs and you you unlocked your house door your doors are unlocked your garage is open your cars are unlocked and somebody burglarizes you and you blame the burglar because they did burglar shit you made it easy for them 
Now, am I saying that shit doesn't happen? Like predators don't get in. You don't know how to secure it. Yeah, but man, you know you have a stray dog running around. You you know you have the neighbor's dog that he doesn't lock up. You know the neighbor's dog is aggressive towards your birds. Why is there any way they can possibly get to them? Our free-range chickens, our free-range, our uh, pastured chickens, they were in tractors, and then they had portable electric fence around them. They weren't out of the tractor unless we were standing there, and very, very rarely were they even out of the tractor when we were standing there. We made sure they had enough room in the tractor. We moved the tractor frequently enough so that they had clean green grass underneath them every time we moved it, whether that was twice a day, once a day, didn't matter. We made sure those birds had happy, healthy ground to be on and were very secure because we were selling that. We were eating that. That was my responsibility as the owner of the bird. The bird didn't put themselves there. The bird doesn't know how to protect themselves, especially when you lock them up and they can't fly away. That's what I got. Guys, it was in a self-reliance group. The name of the group is the Self-Reliance Festival. And everybody's focused on the dog instead of let's make sure the person secures their shit and realizes it's their fault. It's not the neighbor's fault for letting their dog run around. It's not the dog's fault for being a dog. MSU Rifle says raccoons are the only thing that get to mine. They're free range in a five acre pasture, fence pasture. Great. I mean, until that coyote figures out how to get into your fence, is it electric fence? Is it uh, high fence, chain link fence, woven wire fence? Um, do you have dogs that deter the deter the other larger predators for coming around? Like, I'm sure if if uh, if a coyote jumped your uh, jumped your fence, Mike, and came and decimated your chickens, you wouldn't be crying that it was the neighbor's dog that did it you'd be like well holy shit i guess that fence wasn't high enough or maybe i should have uh checked the gates or checked underneath the fence free wilder life puts it perfect if you leave the candy dish out the kids will eat it yeah yeah sure will jim s says prevention equals the cure it is man it is it hurts it hurt. It literally hurt my brain because no one mentioned that. They were so focused on what we need to do to the dog. We should congratulate the dog for doing dog things. MSU rifles woven an electric fence. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, unless the coyote's really fucking hungry. He ain't going to scale that thing. He ain't going to go under it. If it's woven and electric, you're going to, he's going to stay away. So like you're doing your job until it's not good enough. But once it's not good enough, you know whose fault it is? It's ours. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Oh, so yeah, that had me a little spun up for a couple of days. I don't know how many times I typed out a message and I was like, 
I'm not even, I can't even start this conversation in here because of, because of, oh, prevention is greater than cure. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just couldn't get it to come right because of how focused everybody was on the wrong. You're focused on the wrong goal, guys. Because <laughs> you know what? You shoot the guy's dog. Here's how it goes. Because I know it happened to me. We had we had a dog get into our rabbits, even though our rabbits were in cages. And guess whose fault it was? You know who I was really pissed at? I was pissed at the neighbor for not securing their dog. I really was. And then I realized they walked into my barn because there was no fucking door on it. And they they harassed the the rabbits until they had heart attack. I didn't think that would ever happen. But you know whose fault it was? It was it was mine. It was my fault. When the guy came over and said, hey, uh, I'll pay for your rabbits. I said, you know how much those rabbits are worth when they have all their kits over the years? Probably a couple thousand dollars. So I don't want you to pay for it. I just want you to lock up your dog. And you know what I did? I moved my rabbits into a more secure location because it was my fault that they died. <laughs> Hunter says you want me to. I have status over there. I don't. I don't really care. I mean, it is what it is. Is somebody going to tell me? Is somebody going to tell me in a self reliance group that it's not your responsibility to secure your food? I just didn't feel like the argument that day. I didn't really feel like the argument. Um, Jim says you shoot the dog, the cops arrest you. No, I was going to say is. You shoot the dog, the neighbor gets pissed, or the neighbor doesn't find out, the neighbor's looking for his dog. You've already had interaction with him, so he thinks that he knows somebody close shot the fucking dog. The guy's going to get another dog. He's not going to lock it up. It's going to come. It's going to get your chickens. The whole thing's going to keep cycling. The neighbor's never going to change. He's never going to lock up his dog. The dog that the neighbor has is never going to change. He's going to keep coming after chickens, and if it disappears, he's going to get another dog, and it's just going to keep happening. The way to stop it is to take care of your shit. Gingerbread Farm says someone gave me shit because of Crusher's high, has a high prey drive. And I was like, he's a husky. Yeah, weird. 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 <laughs> so. Um, MSU Rifle says if the cops show up, you live in the wrong place. No, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't tell the neighbor you're going to shoot his dog. I made that mistake. Just do it. <laughs> do it and get rid of it. Do it and get rid of it. So whatever, whatever. Um, so that's been on my mind. <laughs> Obviously been weighing on me. Um, uh, one thing that I noticed yesterday was funny. I was, I was in a, um, <laughs> Tim says, where do you live that an asshole hasn't called the cop on someone? Uh, no one really called the cops on anybody where I lived. Uh, if they did, they showed up like two days later and were like, well, is everything okay now? <laughs> so we had like four deputies for a shitload of area. So there was uh, way bigger things for them to deal with. And our, our local town, we were in the township, our local town cop, um, man, he was a roly-poly one. He was 
God, probably 400 pounds and 60 years old. So I wasn't, I wasn't counting on him for anything. Uh, now I was in some land groups yesterday and it was funny. People were talking about Minnesota cause they, they saw some inexpensive, um, relatively inexpensive property with a house on it and it was way northern minnesota i knew the town i was like holy shit talk about cold um we were cold that place is colder and uh yeah no not for me not for me but it was interesting to get the opinion of some people that were still living in minnesota some other people that had left minnesota and um yeah i was like <laughs> reading it just smiling and everybody was like yeah there's better places there's better places and the thing that came up a couple times in the discussion were the people in minnesota and it made me smile it really made me smile because one of the things that we noticed as we took off and we started traveling was how nice everybody was not in minnesota Everybody says Minnesota nice. It's a, like a fucking saying, Minnesota nice. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's bullshit. I call bullshit on it. Um, there's nice people there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everybody there is an asshole, but this general consensus that everybody in Minnesota is nice is bullshit. Uh, everybody in Texas was super nice. Everybody in Tennessee is super nice the general vibe the politeness the um when you look at someone and smile at them they smile back not look at you like what the fuck do you want why are you why are you bothering me is the feel you get in minnesota uh from the people and Corey and i tried to figure it out uh, as we were traveling last winter, we sat and we actually had a, a pretty decent conversation about it for quite some time, but we were wondering if it's so cold in Minnesota in the winter and it's so hot and muggy in the summer and the mosquitoes that everybody is just in a hurry to get inside all the time. And so there's no interaction outside. With a more temperate climate, um, maybe people interact more. Gingerbread Farm says Southern hospitality. I don't know, man. I think it's just being polite. Hunter says he went back to California. People are not nice back home. Yeah, but Minnesota really isn't my home. I grew up in New York. I, I went, people, I should say people in New York were nicer than Minnesota. <laughs> Or no, people in Minnesota were nicer than New York. Sorry. Um, just, yeah, we noticed, we noticed the difference. And coming from the place that everybody was like, oh, it's Minnesota nice. Everybody's nice there. And you tell people that haven't been there and you're like, yeah, it's not really that way. It's not really that way. Um, and they don't believe you. Uh, somebody I was interacting with on Noster had just gone to Minnesota for a conference and they were like, oh, Minneapolis, three days in Minneapolis wasn't enough. The people are so nice. And I was like, yeah, you need to stay a little longer to really get the feel. And he was like, oh, ex-Minnesotan just just uh, just trashing on the old place. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, just stay a little longer. You'll find out. You'll find out. So, uh, 
Yeah, the people there, I mean, there's nice people everywhere. There's assholes everywhere. But just the general vibe of the public in Minnesota anymore is uh, is not nice. Is not nice. So you can have it. I don't need to go back. It's too cold. It's too cold. Um, what else do I have on my list here? Um, the days, the days we, we've, um, we've moved south here and, uh, gingerbread farm says, if your grandparents weren't born in the UP, you're not, you don't belong there. Yeah. UP of Michigan can be like that. Jim says small town folks are nice because everyone knows you bullshit. Small town folks pretend to be nice. And then they're complete fucking cock waffles. When you turn your back, small town shit. I grew up in it. I lived in it in Minnesota for seven years before we left. Yeah, it's it's uh, mm, 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 eh. just because they know you doesn't mean they're nice. <laughs> um, one of the things we noticed last year that we really I wasn't sure what what to make of it, but um, in the winter in Texas, the days were longer. Obviously, we're closer to the equator. Uh, but we realized that the shift in days, the shift in days from the longest to the shortest is very much less. It's shorter. Um, like if the days are 10 hours in winter, they're they're 12 hours in summer uh, to where Minnesota uh, was way shorter in the winter and way longer in the summer. Bigger spread. Um here in Tennessee, we were looking, so we were trying to figure out the dog walks. Good morning, Pip. How are we doing? Uh, we were trying to figure out the dog walks, walk situation with Corey after work because it's starting to get dark um, about the time she gets off of work now. And we were wondering how early sunset got. And it's not horrible here. There's a bigger spread than Texas. The days get a little shorter. I also noticed something interesting where, um, you know, the the solstice is the shortest day, end of December 21st, I think. I think it's 21st, uh, is the shortest day. But the earliest sunset is like the 12th. And I didn't look at the, the sunrise numbers, but I have to assume that the sunrise gets later for those last 10 days. Um, making it the shortest day, but I, I don't know how, how that all works. <laughs> the days are always 24 hours here in Tennessee. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, the, the earliest sunset was in the beginning of December. I guess I got to study my astronomy. I guess that would be astronomy. It would be a. To figure out what that is all of. Uh, but we just happen to be looking at the sunset dates. Just looking at the solstice and I was like, oh, it's earlier before. Wait, wait. And yeah, so it dips down to about the 12th, the 11th or 12th of December, and then starts going later. So yeah, Pip, good morning, Pip. Brian's giving away one Bitcoin on Friday. 
Um, not one Bitcoin, but we are up to uh, 225,000 Satoshis uh, for Friday's giveaway, Pip. Thanks for donating half uh, half your winnings last week back in and getting that ball rolling because, holy shit, it's kind of blown up a little bit to 225,000 Satoshis. So you're going to want to spread the word. I, uh, I'm i going to do my best to get that episode, um, uh, get it, it published at least the link for it. I don't know if it's going to happen today, maybe tomorrow, but uh, early this week so people can uh, share it around and and um, hit a reminder to get up and, and have a chance because that's going to be, uh, we're going to push a hundred bucks, I think. They were gonna, yeah, James, we're at 225. <laughs> 225. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Friday, 225, 225. Um, I guess I didn't uh, I didn't talk about the uh, Amazon link today. Guys, I put the Amazon general link in the to the homepage in the video notes and the audio notes uh, as you're coming into the holiday season. If you're going to be shopping on Amazon for some Christmas gifts, if you're planning on shopping, take two seconds extra and plan on clicking on one of our links. It doesn't even have to be to the homepage. It doesn't have to be to the item that you want to buy. Any of our affiliate links, if you click on it to start, you can video that has a Amazon recommended product on our on our uh, playlist on YouTube. Click the Amazon link. It gets the tracking started. And for 24 hours, anything you buy on that shopping trip gets us a little credit, gets us a little commission. Holiday season, Black Friday, things like that are big days for affiliate marketers so that we can um, pad those numbers a little bit while people are doing some heavy shopping and we appreciate it. It helps, uh, it helps pay the bills. So I appreciate you doing that. There, um, there are, um, yeah, there's a, a general link in the video description, uh, and the audio description. You can click on that bookmark it, save it on a notepad, save it on your clipboard, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Hunter says the 8309 right now for that 225k. That's that's a significant. That's a how would you like $80 in Bitcoin on Friday? All you got to do is get up and drink your coffee with some asshole that does a podcast live. <laughs> you tell your friends that. You tell your friends that. Hey, uh he he isn't really that good at his podcast, but he's giving away 80 bucks. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, anyway, guys, anyway, guys, we are going to be um, talking uh, winter tomorrow. I'm going to get a get together uh, a list of the fails that we had, the challenges we had in Minnesota and um, and kind of share those with you guys that don't have to deal with it. Uh, don't have to deal with the below zero, not like, oh, the low yesterday got down to negative two. Like the high for the day was negative 10 Fahrenheit. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll talk about winter on the homestead in Minnesota. What we did, uh, the things that worked. I, I don't necessarily have to do all fails. There are some things that we did to, uh, to make it work better. But uh, we'll be chatting about that tomorrow. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, microgreens on Wednesday, life hacks on Thursday. And how do orange pill people during your holiday season on Friday with that huge Satoshi giveaway. Guys, It's uh, it's been a Monday for sure. It has definitely been a Monday. Be sure you hit that like 
and uh, and share if you uh, enjoyed the show. There was a little bit of a, a rant today for somebody they might enjoy. But um, man, if you'd like to participate in those live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find all our social media links, the services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Guys, make it an awesome Monday. Kick it in the ass. Make that week. Uh, make the week your bitch. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>